This is Melanie Ake, your host for Everyday Leaders 50 and 50 podcast. Everyday Leaders is an inspirational show to help you develop strategies to overcome everyday obstacles in your life. Today on Everyday Leaders, you'll meet Samantha Burke, a visionary leader that has a calling to add value to others. She uses her passion for purpose to create a positive impact in the world. Join me to celebrate Samantha as an everyday leader that is changing the world. Start your personal growth journey today, where you can learn how to be an everyday leader in your life. Go to everydayleaders.com. Register for personal growth and development classes so you can develop your own strategies to be a leader in your life. If you're ready for one-on-one accountability, I will walk beside you as your personal coach to help you gain clarity and perspective to lead your life and career as an everyday leader. If you're ready to develop your spiritual growth, you can gather with us for the Everyday Leaders Leadership Devotionals. We meet every day at 7.30 a.m., and we apply these leadership lessons and values to our everyday lives. Go to everydayleaders.com and become a leader that can change the world. and 50, Vice President of Programming and Development at Pass the Torch for Women Foundation here in Indianapolis, Samantha Burke. Welcome to the program. Well, thank you so much for having me. It's good to be here. It's great to be here. We have connected through so many things here in Indianapolis, and I don't actually think we've met live yet, but we've been on a lot of virtual stuff, and part of that is the leadership, Evergreen Leadership Community Builders 2020. Congratulations for being a community builder. Well, likewise, what an incredible journey it's been thus far. We've learned a lot. And yes, you're right. It's it's so funny, the whole virtual piece of our current landscape, I feel like. Now it's it's meeting one another virtually over the computer. So it'll be exciting to meet in person. I know. Thank goodness. I'm like virtual hug, right? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Well, Samantha, you are from a place in uh, northern Indiana originally, And what I love about that is we have a sailboat. A lot of people follow this and they go, oh, yeah, you guys are sailing. But you're from an area up in Chesterton, Indiana. And uh, and so your story kind of started there. Can you take us back to your life, you know, growing up and then how you got to Indianapolis? Well, of course, it's um, such a strong foundation of who I am and, and, of course, where I've come from. I was born in East Chicago, grew up in Maryville, made my way into Valparaiso, and and I would say Northwest Indiana has a bit of my heart, especially up there by the water. So hearing that you have a sailboat, we'll have to maybe meet one another in person on the sailboat. <laughs> yes, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, my journey was was unique, just like all of our journeys, and, and growing up, I was 
in foster care and later adopted when I was four years old. So my childhood was filled with a lot of love. My parents are the most selfless, incredible individuals I will ever know. And through our home, had a lot of foster babies and children come through. And for me, being demonstrated that type of love and selflessness truly early on allows me to continue to grow and harvest that within my career, whether that be through leadership, through the the encounters I have with other individuals. But I really attribute a lot to, um, of course, any type of success or journey uh, to my parents (laughs) and and growing up in Northwest Indiana. So Mm -hmm. can you imagine how hard that would be? I think about the foster agencies, and I uh, interviewed a lady, Kathleen Grimes, from White's Family Residential Services here last year and was a part of the leadership conference. And, you know, she was a foster child um, and has committed her whole life uh, really now in leadership to the foster care programs. And because it is so different, if people have not been involved in that, you really don't realize the dynamic, right? Because Mm -hmm. there are just so many pieces of the agency, the families, the child. And so you kind of working through that and and knowing that you had a lot of different influences, we'll just say that, Mm -hmm. right? Um, Not being able to, you know, we grow up and we say we don't have, we can't choose who our family is, but we make our family, whether that's friends or influences. And those are the people that really help us provide everything that we need as far as our soul experience and give us the confidence to do the things that we can step into in our life. I love that. You, you said dynamic, and that's that's exactly the right word. It's it's interesting from not just my point of view and, and my parents saving my life in more ways than one, but what they say is, no, Samantha, you, you've saved our lives. Mm-hmm. You were chosen. And and, and to, to hear that growing up, even from an identity standpoint, and, and having that be the narrative has really, again, allowed me to grow that confidence, as you mentioned, and feel empowered that there is a sense of purpose. And, and that purpose doesn't only just stretch, of course, internally, as far as wanting to grow personally and professionally, but even outwardly, how am I continuing to not just thrive and strive forward within, um, you know, my current role at Pass the Torch, but then how am I giving back specifically to the community that reflects my journey? So being able to sit on boards for foster care adoption agencies like the Villages, or being being able to tell my story more often to say there, there might be a stigma, but guess what? You're not alone. We are going to get through this together. And uh, that journey is beautiful and unique for a reason. So uh, dynamic is, is exactly right for, for everyone involved in, the, in that um, type of environment. Mm-hmm. And that's why I think, you know, when I know your story and then I look at what you've been doing for the the past several years, you know, you've been a leader at Pass the Torch for Women Foundation. And here in Indianapolis, it is so important because it's a mentoring organization that you can give back that love and that mentoring and that support to other people that are coming through maybe a tough situation and they just need that confidence that you can portray and, you know, be a mentor to them. So what a great legacy that you're kind of building at such a young age, Samantha. <laughs> you're amazing. <laughs> Oh, that's so, that's so kind. I appreciate it. It's a, it is 
truly a blessing to be able to wake up every day and feel fulfilled and to feel like I am I am doing something today that's going to be impactful and I think that we all search for that in our in our life and our careers and it always takes different shape and form but to be able to again wake up on the right side of the bed even on rainy days it, it truly makes things a little bit better and and to live out that mission that is so engraved within my heart and letting that reflect to impact others is is why the foundation truly exists um, to empower women no matter where they are in their careers. You know, I, I want to ask you now, because when you talk about this, I think, you know, your experience, you've been at the Pass the Torch uh, for Women Foundation for many years. And who has been someone that has really been uh, one of the influencers of your life for these past five, six years? Mm. There's so many. Where can I start? Especially when you're in a mentoring program, it would be so many people. But if, if I could just pinpoint one person, it would be uh, Lori Ball. I don't know if you know Lori, but she is a fantastic leader here in our community and beyond, even globally. She's um, led a lot of projects and she was our interim um, executive CEO before uh, Deb stepped in actually, and just learning under her leadership, she thought differently, she pushed me. And that was the type of leader that I needed in that moment to feel like, okay, you know, I feel very comfortable. I've been with the foundation for seven years, as you mentioned, many years, and you almost get into a cadence and you feel like, okay, I've got this. I, I kind of know the name and uh, the game. And, and for me, Lori stepped in to say, Samantha, you look a little too comfortable. Let me push you a little bit and encourage you, but challenge you. And I think that that's the type of mentorship that I needed and just to plant the seed of, Hey, like, what if you became a CEO one day? What if you went and continued your education and, and just planting those little seeds? Um, my goodness, I attribute a lot of <laughs> my momentum right now and some of those visions for myself to Lori. Well, I think that's really great. You talked so many things about, you know, being able to have somebody push you. And I think sometimes, you know, when you're young, when you're starting your career, and you've been with Pass the Torch for seven years. So that's uh, to be commended, first of all. I hate to say millennials, oh my gosh, you stay at a job, right? You've been committed <laughs> to this. But it's because you have already found your passion. And that's what I really want people to understand about this podcast is because you have discovered what your soul is longing to do, you are really pouring yourself into everything to make this part of your legacy. And, and you can see that when I met you, even virtually, I felt that because of your personal story. And sometimes in leadership, people forget that that's really what it's about. It's going back and connecting the dots and saying, but this is my journey. And if you, if you maintain that personal, soulful reflection, you really are able to just step into that fully with confidence and say, you know, whatever we're doing, I have my why. And so your why is to make things better for everyone that you're involved with. And, uh, and you can really feel that, Samantha. Well, it, exactly. I think that what's really important, and you see this in a lot of successful leaders, are, is the, the raised self-awareness, being able to understand things about themselves and to have that growth mindset. We talk about this all the time uh, within the foundation, just 
how imperative it is to continue to be curious enough to learn from others, to receive feedback and to adapt and to grow. And when we look at some of those successful leaders, I, I know that I have to model after that. There's so much for me to learn, um, but being able to kind of put a unique spin with my journey thus far into everything I do allows me to just create um, before the foundation, the way that I found the foundation actually was the perfect example of that. I was studying at Purdue University and we had a guest speaker come in. They were talking about grant writing. And at the time I had switched my major from uh, elementary education, wanted to be a school teacher to <laughs> entrepreneurship and communications because I fell in love with philanthropy and wanted to start my own nonprofit when I was at Purdue. And I talked to that guest speaker and, and then the rest is history. He had me come down, connect with the founder of our organization. And I always joke, they, they haven't been able to get rid of me ever since. <laughs> and when you plant those seeds and you start creating um, these opportunities and, and allowing space, I think that, man, the things that could fill that space are, are pretty wonderful. Mm-hmm. And, you know, your attitude allows you to connect to people on a whole different level Because if you think about the people that are threatened or have agendas when they approach a situation, you know, it puts people in a defensive mode. And so with you, it's very optimistic. It's very much, I want to solve these problems. And, um, but I really want you to kind of take us back through, you know, when you look back at your life and you say, all right, experience and then evaluated reflection, uh, the pain that you've had in your life to be able to really drive the purpose. And, uh, and I know a little bit about your story, but if, if you would like to share, uh, I think a lot of people can identify with having family members, having some pain that really drives you to consistently say, I want to support and make sure that everybody's in a safe place. Mm, absolutely. There's so many examples. So one that, that really sticks out to me and has really defined me and is being able to find my uh, biological family in 2009, actually. So so for me, just to back it up, when I was in foster care adopted, I would tell the school kids, I was an Eskimo. I was a Russian princess. I was all these things because truly you make up your own identity. You do that as a kid anyways. But when there's an unknown, you're like, oh, yeah, that is great. I'm going to, I'm going to run with this. And so for me, while it wasn't truly rooted in, in fact, it was rooted in my own imagination and being able to create that was, was a joy and allowed me to continue to grow until 2009. I was on summer vacation with my best friend. And when we were, we were kind of chatting about what to do, she said, well, do you want to find your biological family today? And, and I, I say that and I, I, I'm smiling because it really was that type of conversation. It was very frank. And I said, well, sure, we don't have anything to do today. Let's go to the library. (laughs) And we went to the library in Valparaiso and went to the genealogy department. And we talked to the man there and we shared just a little bit of information that I knew about my mother and biological family. And, and he said, oh, okay, well, let me go in the back. He pulls some papers. He brings them all out, a stack. And he says, well, ma'am, 
before I hand you these papers, I think it's important for you to sit down. And I said, oh, you have information. This is incredible. Like, let me see. And I just kind of, I feel like I grabbed it from him if I reflect correctly. <laughs> and I started reading through the papers and it talked about how my mother was a prostitute and she was murdered by a serial killer in 96. And um, a lot of details, a lot of information that just felt so heavy. And as I think back in that moment, I just, I remember the weight of the world on my shoulders because this doesn't mean I was a Russian princess. Like this doesn't, this does not align with what I've been telling everyone or truly actually what I believed about myself. Mm -hmm. So it was, it was a really tough reality to kind of sort through and to process. And then he said, well, more information would be at this County. So we go to another library, we collect information. I'm starting to see, names of family members on obituaries and, and just a lot of information. And at this point, it was just information overload, as you could probably imagine. And I just wanted to see a picture of my mom because we all wonder, you know, oh, what are the characteristics? What are the features mm -hmm. that I have of my parents? And um, I, the only place I could truly think of was to go to the police department uh, where she had passed away and, and just in, in hopes there would be something. Mm -hmm. And we walk into this little, uh, this little police department, truly just a hole in the wall police department. I walk in and there's only one police officer in there. And I, I tell him the story and he says, he says, your mother, and he, he shares her name. And he said, that's your mom. And I said, well, yes, I'm trying to find more information. And he said, well, I knew your mother growing up and I'm living in the house that she lived in. Wow. Um, and you look just like her. <laughs> so, so, you know, I believe in a higher power and it was pretty incredible to have that conversation, to, to hear those words, but then to have that police officer be placed in that exact moment. And then he goes on to say, well, you know, two doors down. So literally there's two doors down. There's a house, there's an apartment building. Your uncle, her brother lives there. Do you want to go meet him? <laughs> Before I could say anything, my friend is, yes, absolutely. Like, let's go. And uh, because for her, it wasn't, you know, it, she was excited. Mm -hmm. She just wanted to continue this, this story and this journey. And for me, I remember thinking, this, I, I, need, I just need to freeze this moment mm -hmm. because this is incredible. I cannot process this. And, um, and we weren't in the, the safest of areas, truly in reflection. Uh, this should have never even happened within <laughs> one day of searching. Um, but the police officer comes down. He says they're too, they want to meet you first and foremost, but it might take a few minutes because your brother, my biological brother's upstairs and he wants to look presentable for you. So now I'm going to meet my brother, my uncle and aunt. And I, and I go up there and it was pretty incredible. The, the instant connection mm -hmm. of seeing my brother on the couch and, and seeing he actually has small ears like me <laughs> and the little features, truly the little features that I've never been able to see um, maybe with others. Mm -hmm. And they shared photos. I met my grandma that day. It was pretty, um, pretty incredible. And then what happened was my mother, so my mom gave me a call. She said, Hey, like we're, we're at dinner. Where are you guys at? And we hadn't really told anyone where we were going because who would have known mm -hmm. and I said oh well my goodness like we're, we're headed home here we come and I walk in and and I just remember feeling so much guilt 
so much weight. And, and that's really, those are the two words I would describe. And uh, my mom looks at me and she said, are you okay? And I said, oh, yes, I'm okay. Why do you ask? She said, I just have a feeling, are you okay? And I have never felt more at home <laughs> despite all the things I had learned that day and the extension of family. I've never felt more at home than in that moment when my mom just knew. And that proved to me it's nothing about bio biology or anything of the sorts. It's about that nurturing love and how God strategically places people in our life for a reason. Um, and perhaps in the moment you don't realize the impact or, or truly the stories that can come from those people at your table, but it, it, truly that day, I, I still look back on it. And I'm like, wait, what? That is like a lifetime movie that shouldn't have happened. Uh, so it's, but it is my story. And, and I remember thinking, you come to a fork in the road, and you can let things define you. Or you can rise above it. Because the things that I learned that day, I felt like, oh, it hit me right in the face, I could have gone down a pretty bad path of saying, well, this is my past, this is where I've come from. But I decided to say, well, you know what? Yes, and that's important. It's a very important to, to own that, but I'm not going to hold on to it. I'm not going to let it define me. And, and to be able to share that story is, is important because it's, it's probably a story out there that is very similar to that. And someone needs to know that it's okay, especially from an adoption foster care perspective. You can really create, um, you know, that that story for yourself and that, that script. So I shared that because that was probably one of the hardest days I would say, because it shook my identity. And then um, just through that, there were other just trinklings of things that happen, of course, in everyone's life, just hard things that you go through. And, and I just reflect on, okay, you came to this fork in the road, like, what do you do next? So that's wow. been the motif. Wow. Thank you for sharing that, Samantha. I, of course. I just sit here and I, I almost want to cry for you. Thinking about that decision, you know, when you're with your best friend and, and you're saying, okay, it's, it's exciting, right? It's something that you probably always thought about. What would it be like if I had the opportunity? And so, of course, when somebody encourages you, you're like, yes, I'm all in. Let's go. And then really thinking about how you described it, that moment, when, when they ask you, do you want to go meet them? Yeah, <laughs> it was pretty, it was pretty uh, incredible. Um, because again, just freezing that moment, it's just, you hold on to it forever. And you really reflect on, do I go or do I do I go home? <laughs> mm -hmm. And I'm happy I went, I'm happy I experienced that. But at the end of the day, I was so happy to be able to go to a home that I knew would just show me all the love that I needed to continue to sustain and, and move forward. Mm -hmm. So proud of you. That's such an incredible <laughs> story because, you know, you and some people are so um, ungrateful. I think of what they normally have in their life, right? And we know these people and you think, gosh, it doesn't, it doesn't take much to have a heart of gratitude. And so having your experience and being able to encourage and inspire people to say, you know, whatever you're facing, if you can just turn the other cheek and say, but what am I supported by? What gives me strength and what gives me energy? 
and what helps me through this life is, Mm. is your beliefs, right? And so you have to frame those beliefs, like you said, and, and through that journey, you can really step into being like you are, which is fulfilling what you have in, in giving to others and giving back to the community. And so uh, without that experience, you may be doing those same things, but your beliefs may be completely different. And that's what's really going to drive you. Yes. And it's so great. You're using the word belief. That's actually when I took the strength finders assessment, that's my number one strength is belief. (laughs) So I am rooted in values and trying to make sure that that's always at the core of everything I do. So it's funny you say that, but my, my brother always said, just do the next right thing. And I lost both my brother and sister to alcoholism. And I'm pretty sure he adopted that, that phrase uh, through, um, you know, AA. But for me, I think about that all the time, just do the next right thing. And, and I evaluate that whether it be small decisions, you know, getting up every morning, (laughs) brushing my teeth, doing the routine, or some of those bigger ones, uh, things that feel very weighted, just do the next right thing makes things feel like just a little bit smaller. Because when we say one day at a time, that can already seem a little big, because our days get very busy. They can seem so, so long. So if we can just do the next right thing, I just feel as though that's a wonderful theme of life and it allows us to kind of break it down a little bit further. So in in reflecting on some of those experiences, I've, I remember echoing that in the back of my head pretty often. Mm -hmm. Well, what an amazing story, Samantha. I I have so many questions for you. (laughs) The things that you're doing today, um, you know, I teach so much leadership and, and leadership lessons and John Maxwell is been a big influencer for me. And so being a faith and, and listening to, you know, your intention and awareness of what you are going through in your life and consistency, right? You've had so much consistency to practice this. And, and we talk about Pass the Torch for Women and what you're involved in is really building legacies for people. And so what do you dream? What, what is kind of your legacy for the foundation and, and for where you want to go next? Mm, that's a great question. And it's so timely because right now our team, we're, we're talking about that, that scalable growth, the vision of the foundation. Uh, it, and I am the visionary of the team. So it's, it seems <laughs> a pretty appropriate question. So, so for me, in seeing the foundation grow in its seven years of just me being there, I just feel as though there's still so much opportunity for growth in both programming and also just impact. Being able to not just scale nationally, because I think we're just around the corner from that. Um, I would love to take this this mission of empowering women intentionally through a formalized program to implement or enhance female initiatives at companies, at institutions, and at organizations. This is something that we could and should stretch globally. And for me, being able to envision what the future of the foundation looks like, this should this, this program to work with marginalized student populations to not only provide them mentorship opportunities, but also just personal and professional development opportunities to have meaningful conversations about important topics that I know that I never had when I was in school, but my goodness are so imperative when you do enter the workforce. 
that should be on every single college institution campus Mm -hmm. because this is just so imperative. And what we're finding is after these students graduate, not only are we have the data, not only are they growing um, in confidence and self-efficacy and and leadership skills and things, but they also come to us and they say, all right, when's it my turn to pass the torch? When can I mentor? And that is legacy. That is a sustainability plan that is so organic because when you feel like you've been invested in, when someone pours into your cup, it's so wonderful, the outcome of being able to pour into others. And I think now more than ever is it imperative for us to wrap our arms around one another and continue to grow and, and support. And that should be a global initiative. Personally, I, I, I might have positive bias, but I'm, I'm thinking you're going to agree with me. That should be a, a global initiative. And that is what I envision for the foundation to not just work with, with those student populations, but to continue to work with their communities, their children. And then as they go through the program, because it doesn't just stop there, we're working with developing professionals and leaders, executives. This needs to be the script, the narrative for all. Wow. That's a wonderful dream. That's a wonderful process and a wonderful vision that you have. And I think you can accomplish it because here at the foundation's been in existence for just, you know, under 10 years And so the dreams that you have, what you've learned from Purdue, from Lori, now from your your team uh, that you're currently working with, you guys all have this impactful vision. And, And so it just starts with that, right? It starts with that and with your beliefs and being able to step into that. Uh, and have the community get involved. And so I want to ask you, uh, what's your ask for the listeners? Well, uh, as it relates to Pass the Torch, I would say we are always in need of human capital, which means if you feel like you have a heart for philanthropy, for mentorship, if you want to pass your torch, uh, now is a great time to join the foundation. It's only an hour per month that you dedicate either by picking up the phone, hopping on a Zoom, maybe we're all Zoomed out, uh, but being able to have meaningful and fruitful dialogue with someone who's going to take that information to learn from you and grow from you. I think that too, it's hard for us, especially as women to see ourselves as mentors. We're very humble creatures, but I would encourage listeners to really think about what skill sets do you have? What are some competencies? What are things that you could um, help bring to the table? But, but the story, what is your journey? Because I think that that really is what sets everyone apart. We've all read books. We, we hear leadership podcasts. We, we do this and that. But what's really unique about each and every one of us is our story. And, and you'd be so surprised when you share a little bit at a time the impact from a mentorship standpoint. So if you have... Um, the, the calling to become a mentor, please reach out to us. Yes, absolutely. And again, you know, we're going to post all of this, but it's passthetorchforwomen.org is the website. So if you're on your phones right now or you're on your computers, go to that and you can sign up to be a volunteer, like Samantha said, and you can really get involved in all of the events. Of course, virtually, I know March 13th was your biggest event this year, uh, and it had to be canceled because of COVID, which is <laughs> no bummer, crazy, right? It's like the day of. <laughs> yes, you know, that was hard. We had to pivot really quickly, and luckily we had, again, the, the, the right support system and people to help us 
be able to successfully pivot, make it a virtual event and continue on with, with celebrating International Women's Day and, and women within our community. So, so it, it wasn't the same as if we could all get to be together in person. We were partnering with the Colts this year and we were really looking forward to it. But our hope is that next year we'll be right back at it and we can do some things in person to drive that impact. Absolutely. Well, in listening to this, I want every single person that has been listening in and to say, if you know, if you have a sister, if you have a mother, if you have a daughter, if you have an aunt, uh, a grandmother, anyone that can give, give their time, the human capital, like Samantha just told us, if you have any kind of a skill set that you can offer to teach, uh, get involved, get to passthetorchforwomen.org and get involved. You can do this from anywhere in the United States or the world. <laughs> you can get involved <laughs> virtually and, and really um, pay it forward because it's such an important time right now. Uh, we have been Zoomed out, <laughs> but that is the connection piece that, that people really need to lean on. And uh, like yourself, Samantha, I'm so proud of just being able to share your journey today and, and have people understand what drives you and why this is such an important venue uh, for you really to, to get involved and drive the success of this organization. So um, just thank you so much for coming on and sharing your story and, and being a part of what we look forward to in Indianapolis. Well, it's my absolute pleasure. Thank you for having this platform and, and driving Impact Yourself. It's been incredible to get to know you a little bit more and look forward to when we can get on that sailboat. Absolutely. You're always welcome. <laughs> <laughs> thank, thank you. Have a great rest of the 2020. And um, please come and join us on the Everyday Leaders platform on our live uh, where people can also join you. So when you have an event, I want to invite you to, to come on live and we can connect to you and really follow and help raise the funds to continue Pass the Torch for Women. Wonderful. Thank you. This has been a Joe Studios production.